Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060 Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sprit Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. One timeout left for Arizona. Dobbs, good Got him again. in the end zone. Got him. Wilson, the diving catch, and a touchdown. The first career touchdown for Michael Wilson. For opportunities to contribute, just two carries in the young season. Fake it to him, Burrow on the move. Looking downfield, and Chase has got it. Jamar Chase has arrived, finally as a playmaker in 2023. And his 3-2 pitch. Have a seat. Swings and misses at the curveball. And another 1-2-3 inning for Max Freed. Another strikeout. He has seven strikeouts in the ballgame. We head to the top of the seventh for the Braves leading 6-1. Here's the wide and Wheeler's 2-2. Swing and a miss. Struck him out with a breaking ball. Number seven on the night for Zach Wheeler. McCormick has popped out. Fly down 0-2. And Earl Kelly goes to the changeup and gets his fifth strikeout. The one-two. Swung on and missed strike three. Kershaw with his second strikeout of the game. Anderson both victims. And so now that's two out. And Yelich coming up. Perfect slider by Bradish. One and one. He's doing whatever he wants with the slider, Brett. I mean, he's got swing and miss going from strike to ball. And there he just pinpointed it over the outside corner. Do you go back to that? Swing and a miss! He struck him out with a curveball. And on three pitches, Altuve retired, and there are two outs. And the pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Threw that curveball, and Caminero is out on strikes. Five strikeouts for Jordan Montgomery in seven innings. Mid to upper 50s, the one-two. Got him upstairs. Strike three. Cheesed him up upstairs. Second time. He struck out the side. That's six strikeouts now for Justin Verlander. He got 92 by him right there. And there's by him, strike three. 92 again and playing a head game. And Felt heads back to the dugout. Strikeout number six for Sonny Gray. Here you go. Pass is pulled in by Moore. Gets free. Washington gambles. And lose the gamble that time. 56 yards touchdown. For Gonzalez. Here's Prescott. Looking to throw a fade. For C.D. Lamb. He's got it. Touchdown, Dallas. Second a goal. Play action. Purdy. Pressure coming late. Throws to McCaffrey. McCaffrey twisted to the goal line and in for the touchdown. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Friday, October 6th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and score analysis in today's Sports Zone. Right here on K, uh, KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. Cardinals, Bengals, who wins on Sunday? Uh, Braves and Phillies, who wins the NLDS? The Diamondbacks, do they win the series versus the Dodgers? 
From the AL, who wins the ALDS, that's plural, two series, Orioles and Rangers and Astros and Twins. The Bears, what stood out last night, other than they won a game. Uh, Cowboys 49ers, who you got Sunday ATS, and also predict any game on this week's NFL or college slate. And uh, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, we'll have an MLB Division Series playoff preview with Scott Miller. Uh, in the uh, 9.30 segment or so, interactive action, 602-260-1060, and also the local roundup. That will include a little bit on the uh, Diamondbacks and Dodgers series, and depending on full call, uh, phone call volume, we'll see what else we can get to in that segment. Then the final segment of the sports zone will be the national roundup. That'll be topped by from the scoreboard from last night. We'll get in a little bit into the Bears' victory at Washington. It's actually technically in Virginia last night against the uh, Commanders. Then after the sports zone from 10 to noon, it's the extra point hosted by Kayla. That'll include our weekly Friday spread from Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits and also our weekly NFL prop bet update with Brian Bush of Pro Football Network. Right now, onto the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is who wins Sunday's game in Glendale? Cardinals or Bengals? Just looking for a straight-up winner here. Kayla, what's the early returns? Bengals, 67% of the vote. Cardinals, 33%. Now, many of the network television insiders believe that the Bengals, uh, excuse me, the Cardinals are going to win this game. Uh, I think mo- many of those uh, network uh, television insiders maybe more believe that the Bengals will lose the game. So we'll see how that goes on Sunday. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, who wins the NLDS playoff series between Atlanta and Philadelphia? And Kayla, what's happening here? Uh, We have Atlanta, 83.3% of the vote. Philadelphia trailing at 16.7%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. A little surprise there's that wide of a margin there. The Phillies upset the injury-depleted Braves this very round of the 2022 playoffs. And the Braves are going to be with that at least one starting pitcher in this series. Charlie Morton has already been ruled out. In fact, he's ineligible to return because of the date they placed him on the injured list before the end of the regular season. Meanwhile, on the uh, back on the local front, the Diamondbacks and Dodgers play game one on Saturday night. The last game on Saturday, the four that will be played tomorrow. Uh, the Dodgers are roughly two to one series favorites. That's not surprising. Because the betting market has really, pretty much all season long, not believed in the Diamondbacks, including Wednesday, uh, when Zach Gallen was actually on the mound at Philadelphia, uh, Milwaukee, I should say. Uh, Do the Diamondbacks win the best of seven? I get this right. The Diamondbacks, the best of five series. Excuse me, it's the best of five series. They win the best of five series against the Dodgers. Meanwhile, sticking with the baseball postseason in the American League, the Rangers are meeting the top-seeded Orioles, and the Twins are matched up against the uh, second-seed and defending World Series champion Astros. So who wins the uh, American League series? Uh, Rangers, Orioles, Twins, and Astros. 
Back to football we go. The uh, Bears, hey, they all, they almost went one full calendar year without a win, but the Bears won last night. The 14-game losing streak ended against the Commanders. What stood out being the Bears' victory last night at Washington slash Virginia over the Commanders. Meanwhile, the NFL slate on Sunday topped by the uh, evening tilt. Uh, the Cowboys at the 49ers, a playoff rematch of the last two years in which the Niners have won them both. One in uh, one game in San Francisco last year, and then two years ago they won at Dallas as they eliminated the Cowboys in both of those games. So who you got uh, that Sunday night at Santa Clara this season? Uh, the Cowboys, uh, minus three and a half, or the Niners, plus three. And, I'll get this right. The Cowboys plus three and a half, and the Niners minus three and a half. All right, college football on Saturday includes a season. Uh, this is the second most top 25 matchups we've had this season on one Saturday, uh, four of them, including Kentucky's at Georgia, Oklahoma versus Texas. Of course, that game's at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Notre Dame at Louisville, and also LSU at Missouri. Who you got? ATS, any NFL or college football game this weekend. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We have to always tremendous talks and much more during today's tremendous radio program. Hopefully, tremendous radio program, sensational radio program, stupendous, really you know, off the map, you know, whole deal. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules, accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. All right, coming up next, Corey Welvin News Update. That will be followed by an MLB Division Series preview with longtime MLB writer and longtime sports zone guest Scott Miller. And then once again at the bottom of this hour, it will be phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. And also uh, we'll have some local roundup depending on phone call volume. Uh, we'll figure out, uh, you know, kind of play it uh, as we go as far as how much local roundup we will have. But that will include at least a brief Diamondbacks Dodgers series preview. All that at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. wall-to-wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The Major League Baseball Division Series begin on Saturday. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the Sports Zone by Scott Miller of TheMessenger.com. 
And Scott, let's start with the uh, Diamondbacks and Dodgers series. Arizona is a roughly two and a half, two two and a half to one underdog in this series. Uh, do you have a scenario in which the Diamondbacks can win this series? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I, you know, the Dodgers have won eight of thirteen regular season matchups, including five in, the last five in a row. But I think the Diamondbacks. They finished the season strong, as you know. That a really good two games in Milwaukee. They're playing with confidence. I think a couple things. Gabriel Moreno behind the plate. Gosh, I hope he's okay after that back swing. Yeah. If he, if he's not on the roster, that to me he's the he's the most important thing going right now. They got to have him on the roster and catching. So he needs to play. Number one. Number two. With the off days in this series, the pitching, I think, can tilt toward the D-backs. I mean, Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen could start four out of the five games if it goes five games. And and mm-hmm. the Diamondbacks' bullpen has rounded into shape as well. So if if they get the pitching and Marino plays, uh, you know, they I do see a path to victory. Scott, bottom line in this series, do the Dodgers have enough starting pitching to to not just make it through this series, but have a deep playoff run? The Dodgers, that's, you know, I don't know, frankly, how they're doing it. It's amazing. Every year it seems like we get to a point where, well, the Dodgers uh, are going to step back this year, and they don't. Um, Clayton Kershaw, the game one starter, I mean, I don't know. He, you know, he's not even hitting 90 anymore with his fastball. Since he came back from the injured list, he's getting it done with an assortment of curveballs and sliders, and then he'll throw his fastball, and it'll be 89 miles an hour, but he hits his spots. Um, but, you know, beyond him, it's without Walker Bulo and Julio Arias, um, you know, there's a lot of questions. Bobby Miller's going to go in game two. He's a rookie. Um, he's already up against his innings limit. Um, I don't know, honestly, if they have enough to make the deep run. Um, they're the Dodgers, and they have a really stacked bullpen, and they figure things out. So I think more than their personnel, you say, well, if they make a deep run, it's because they're the Dodgers, and they're as smart as anybody in the game, and they figure things out. I would say that's the only way they make the deep run versus – well, because of their rotation or this or that. Mm-hmm. Scott Miller, TheMessenger.com, currently in the sports zone. All right, the Phillies and the Braves is kind of the main event of this playoff round. Uh, what stands out to you most in this Phillies and, uh, and, uh, and Braves matchup? You know, the Phillies, I would not want to play them right now. The, the Braves are probably the best team in baseball in the regular season. Um, their lineup is great. There's every reason the Braves should be World Series favorites. But um, the, the Phillies, they're a different team since Trey Turner got off to slow start. Didn't seem to be comfortable early. But once he started going, they started going, which I kind of figured would happen because that's what he does. He gets on base. He scores runs. Um, I love – Bryce Harper blowing through the stop sign in the wild card game <laughs> against Marlins the other night. That's emblematic to me of the way the Phillies play. They are all out, take no prisoners, aggressive. We're coming at you. 
And with Harper, Schwarber, Turner, um, you know, they've got Zach Wheeler is throwing as well as anybody right now. Aaron Nola is throwing it really well. They've got playoff experience. They're seasoned. I think the Phillies are – they be the most dangerous team in the National League right now, and they may run the table all the way to the World Series. Do we know what Max Fried's status is with the blister situation? Now, you know, he threw part of a simulated game the other day, and they put some kind of a covering on. I don't know, you know, some exotic Band-Aid, tape, whatever. And he came through it okay. That said, it still is, to me, going to be a pitch-by-pitch situation because you know, Bob, how those those, uh, blisters are for those top pitchers. I mean, they pop up, and there's – at the most inopportune times. And um, I don't know in the heat of competition if he's going to be a long-term guy or not. But for now, the Braves are relatively optimistic. Talking with Scott Miller for TheMessenger.com. Okay, last up in this series, uh, you know, Philadelphia knocked out Atlanta in this round last year. Are you a believer in the revenge angle? I mean, to a degree, I mean, baseball's different in that I do think momentum plays a big part at times. But, you know, I mean, it's not football and basketball where you get all emotional on the revenge angle and, you know, you go out and can just manhandle or overpower your opponent because you want it more than them. So I think if revenge plays a little less in baseball than it does in other sports. But, but sure, when you have as much talent as the Braves do, um, they're going to remember last year, and they're not going to make any careless mistakes. Every I is going to be dotted. Every T is going to be crossed. Uh, they are not um, – you know, they're going to remember the Phillies knocking them last year, and, and they're going to be determined not to let it happen again. So, you know, I don't know if I'd call it revenge where Atlanta's concerned versus just they'll be on high alert at all moments. And I think, I think the, the Braves-Phillies – probably is going to be the best, most competitive, most exhilarating of these four division series. I think it's just going to be, I mean, it could easily be an NLCS type of situation. Okay, so let's flip this to the American League, the Rangers and the top-seeded Orioles. What has impressed you the most about the Orioles' uh, you know, massive improvement over the last two seasons? Yeah, I mean, just you know, just when you hear about Adley Rutschman and you watch him and how great he is, um, you know, then comes uh, the rookie pitcher, Grayson Rodriguez. And then just when you're getting used to him, Kyle Bradish comes along. I mean, they, they've got a lot of, you know, Gunnar Henderson. They've got a lot of really good young players. Uh, that's number one. Number two, I think the fact that they won so many games this year, they pretty much were consistent from start to finish, the Orioles were. And they didn't shrink as young as they are. They did not shrink from any big moments. Uh, I think they gelled and they played a little bit, you know, or far beyond their youth. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean, this is this is a really tough Texas team uh, they're facing. That Texas lineup top to bottom might be, uh, the most dangerous 
uh, in the game. Um, you know, Jonah Heim and Adolis Garcia and Corey Seager and, and Josh Young, and it goes on and on. And I think it's going to be very interesting. Baltimore's young starting pitching like Bradish and Rodriguez facing this this steamroller of a lineup. And, you know, first playoff game in Camden Yard since 2014, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be a great, great atmosphere in Baltimore. Um, but, you know, between that Texas lineup and between Bruce Bochy, the old veteran that uh, is as good as there's been in our lifetime, probably, uh, Baltimore's going to have its hands full. What what surprised you the most of the Rangers' really two game domination of the Rays? You know, I think I think the pitching. I mean, Tampa Bay's bats were just silenced, and mm-hmm. uh, the 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 Rangers. The big thing with them this year has been their bullpen has just been flammable, and. You know, Bochy and pitching coach Mike Maddox have had to, uh, you know, they, they basically had to remake the bullpen a number of times as the year went on. And it didn't matter. They were able to get the job done. And just when everybody thought, yeah, man, Texas pitching is, uh, is bad. I mean, you know, Nathan Avaldi was really good in game two. Um, you know, the, the bullpen was really good. Um, Jeff Montgomery in game one, he has everybody in New York talking, you know, second guess the Yankees were okay. You know, Yankees make playoffs and New York fans are, well, how could we give this guy to Texas? I mean, Montgomery six hit shutout in over seven innings. And so I, I would say what really surprised me was the way in Tampa Bay playing arena baseball in Tropicana Field, how that Texas mm-hmm. pitching just shut down Tampa Bay. And given Texas's lineup that I just talked about, Bob, if if Texas gets some pitching, uh, you know, you may blink and find them in the World Series. True. Okay, the Astros, they have the home field. They're below 500 at home this season. They play the Twins. The Twins eliminated, uh, to me, the low baseball IQ Jays. Th- this I'm confused about this series, so help me out here. Ah, well, I, I think, you know, a couple things. Houston's experience and the fact that they're coming off the World Series title, Dusty Baker managing them, to me there's, there's no reason to – pick against Houston uh, I, I I go with Houston's experience with their talent they you know they, they they take everybody's best punch and keep going I mean they they've for years now gotten booed everywhere gone doesn't matter they just step up and play good baseball um I, Justin Verlander in game one Framber Valdez game two I think when you have Framber Valdez go, starting in game two and not game one I think that tells you how strong uh how much talent there is there in houston the fascinating thing to me is is carlos correa leading the twins i mean that is going to be quite something in game one tomorrow carlos correa uh after you know all he did in houston and multiple world series um 
or one World Series, I guess, in 2017, getting them to multiple World Series and multiple American League pennants. Uh, all he did, and now going back as an opponent in a playoff atmosphere, that that's, that's going to be must-see TV because Korea, you know, he, he's going to rise to the moment. That's just the way he is. We saw that pickoff play, by the way, against uh, Toronto in the fourth inning was just phenomenal that he and Sonny Gray worked. And, uh, you know, the Twins gave Korea credit. I mean, the few innings before that in the dugout, he kept telling – uh, Sonny Gray and, and manager Rocco Baldelli and others, he's like, look, if they get a guy on second base, this target field crowd is so loud. Let's run a pickoff play because the guy at second base can't hear. He's not going to be able to hear the third base coach say back, back, back. And that was Korea's brainchild at work. That's what kind of a heady player he is. And he he's, rises in the big moments. It's going to be a lot of fun, him leading Minnesota. And, uh, you know, I, I, I give Minnesota a chance. I, like I said, don't. But I, I do lean toward Houston because of what I said, the, the, everything they've done um, in their pedigree. But now that the Twins have broken that unfathomable 18-game postseason losing streak, now they're riding a two-game winning streak and, uh, you know, Stranger things have happened. Thanks, Scott. Always good talking to you. Bob, you as well. Take care. Enjoy the uh, everybody in Phoenix uh, Diamondbacks Dodgers series. I think it's going to be a pretty exciting series. I think it's going to be more competitive than uh, a lot of people nationally. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Scott Miller of TheMessenger.com. In the next segment, it'll be phone call time, 602-260-1060, and also today's local roundup. That will include a little more on the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers, among many things. Depend, depending on full call volume. So if you want to get in, 602-260-1060, general discussion. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. Sports Topics Weekly, right here on KDUS AM 1060 with me, the Doug Gottlieb Show, 1 to 3 p.m. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Show with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time to the KDUS hotline 602-260-1060. Get to the phone lines in just a second. First up, a little bit on the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. Um, the Diamondbacks, roughly a two-to-one series underdog against the Dodgers, um, and they're plus one seventy-five underdogs in Game One on Saturday night. Uh, as expected, Merrill Kelly and Clayton Kershaw are the anticipated starting pitchers here. Also, I'm curious of roster decisions here. Yeah, I can't imagine Jake McCarthy is going to be eligible. He had some kind of an oblique injury. And then he was a last-minute scratch from the playoff roster against the Brewers. I think he's a late-inning pitch hit and late-inning outfield defensive replacement guy. Uh, and uh, you know, I was kind of wondering 
That one ball that with the Guriel in that Milwaukee series in the late innings, I thought I wondered if McCarthy would have actually caught that ball if he was playing left field. Also, Scott McGuff was left off the playoff roster in the last series. And then, of course, he had the Gabriel Moreno thing that we talked about with Scott Miller earlier in the show, day-to-day with uh, the, you know, the concussion situation. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. Um, I'm not exactly sure how these concussion rules work in the postseason. Regular season, it's a minimum of seven days you're out. Uh, but I think it's different in the offseason, or you mean the postseason, I should say. So uh, we'll see what's up with that. For the Dodgers, Lance Lynn's on bereavement leave, um, and he's likely their third starting pitcher in this series. So I've not heard anything about him uh, in the last 24 hours or so. Also, Miguel Rojas and Chris Taylor considered day-to-day. Uh, those are you know two middle infielders, two guys that basically those – Guys have split the shortstop duties for the Dodgers for a while, so that also is a big deal. As I kind of anticipated yesterday, you know, we have eight teams playing tomorrow. Uh, I have a grand total of three starting pitchers that have officially or maybe even unofficially been named as starters in these games, uh, at least as of a couple hours ago. Maybe that's changed. We've got a lot going on here in the last couple hours, so I haven't had time to look. Uh, but the only starting pitchers I have for tomorrow – uh, that uh, at least being listed by you know the big markets are Verlander for Houston, Kelly for the Dodgers, and Kershaw. Excuse me, Kelly for the Diamondbacks and Kershaw for the Dodgers. I have nothing as far as Texas and Baltimore, uh, and Philadelphia and Atlanta, and undecided for Minnesota. So you know, it's kind of hard to handicap these series if you have no idea who the first day starting pitchers are going to be in Game One. All on the phone lines we go, and Matt in Phoenix. Hi, Matt. Hey, Bob. How are you? I'm I'm kind of laughing over here about the uh, um, breakdown you did of the starting pitchers. It kind of speaks to the lack of starting pitching uh, throughout the league. Um, well, I think what <laughs> it speaks to even more, I think it speaks more to the fact that they just weren't, uh, I wouldn't say prepared, but they did not expect a no-game Thursday. Yeah. That's fair. And all the all the media availability, and I, maybe not all of it, but I don't think there was any media availability to any team yesterday that's playing tomorrow. And I'm assuming all of that is today, basically. So that's yeah, why we don't it. have. It's why uh, I don't have starting pitchers. I'm upset at Major League Baseball for trying to get me to watch Washington and Chicago last night because there was no baseball on. But <laughs> I held strong and, and didn't watch any of that garbage. Um, I did want to talk a little baseball. Um, I'm going to go Astros in four, Baltimore in five, Philadelphia in four, and um, unfortunately I think the Dodgers get it done in three. Um, Don't have a ton of confidence in those picks, but um, I think those matchups just – I think outside of Baltimore and Texas, which I could see going a multitude of ways, um, I think the matchups – clearly favor those those teams even philadelphia yeah, the only the only the only series i'm confident in is uh i think that houston will take care of minnesota which i, I think if minnesota yeah. had played almost anybody else on planet earth in the first round that they wouldn't have won the first round series but the blue jays totally are the right. dumbest team in baseball yes um well, let me ask you a question here uh the braves had a tremendous regular season um and now we're playing Maybe the hottest team in the league with some, you know, playoff pedigree. 
a team that matches up pretty well against them. Is there a particular reason that the uh, powers that be of League Baseball uh, don't reseed and that uh, the Braves should be playing the Diamondbacks? I think that would be a good idea. Hockey does that, right? I don't know they if they still to. do that. I know they used to also. They I don't, don't pay any attention. They don't anymore, no. Oh, okay. Well, that was actually one of the few good things hockey has ever done. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that baseball, I think every sport, every professional Absolutely. sport should do that after each round. Uh, it, yep. it makes it makes it benefits the teams that you know, would get the so-called advantage and rewards yeah. them for what they've done during the regular season. I know you've even talked about it, or I believe you've even talked about it in the final four. Um, Ab- where, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that was that uh, was a big Billy Pack. That was a big Billy Packer thing. That's where I first okay. heard that. And we're talking like that. thirty years. We're talking like in the eighties. He thought that they should do that. God bless him. Okay. And rest, rest in peace, etc. But that's yeah. the first place I ever heard that, and I completely hung, you know, you know, you know jumped on that, and you know, st- still believe that that should be the case. But that was literally in the, that was like the mid '80s. That might have been the uh, the Louisville and uh, and uh, Houston, NP State you know, when, Houston. Yeah, I'm positive okay. that's when that. That was like 1983. So yeah. that, 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 yeah. that's when I first heard that from him. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about these college football games, uh, Texas, Oklahoma. I know we we delved into it a little bit last week. Um, I'm not sure if Oklahoma can hold up on the line of scrimmage. I think that's where Texas' biggest improvement is. Um, What are your thoughts? And I kind of like, maybe not from a betting perspective, but from an outright perspective, I think Texas wins this game. I'm on Texas. I'm already okay. on them. I actually took the minus six because uh, you know, I figured it was going to go up, and I think it's still might like, even hit seven by game time for exactly reasons that you mentioned. Well, you know, I got more reasons, but that's the one that stands out to <laughs> sure. me too. Is I think that they're, you know, the thing that Sarkeesian has done is that he is really in, beefed up. No, no yes, pun intended, has. I guess. Ton, you know, I guess maybe. Actually, maybe pun completely intended. Uh, their offensive and defensive lines. Uh, you know, this Brooks kid. I don't think it matters who the running back is at Texas, whether it's Bijan or you know Robinson or Brooks. I mean, the Brooks is third in the nation in rushing, and yeah. Texas has actually played a really good schedule yes, so far. Yeah. And based on who they played so far, there's no doubt in my mind, just based on this season, that they should be ranked number one in the country heading into game, the games this weekend. Couldn't agree more. Totally agree. Um, I want to talk a little bit Louisville Notre Dame. I know we touched on that. It's a horrific spot for Notre Dame. Two emotional last-second wins, and even going back to the start of the season, they traveled to another country to play a game. There's got to be some physical fatigue setting in right. here. Um, I took Louisville Six, on the open. This seven. is their this is their, set, this is their seventh game of the season yeah. already. Um, yeah. But I don't trust Louisville. Um, the, the wins they have that are close have aged extremely poorly. Georgia Tech isn't any good. They had a last-second goal line stand to beat a bad Indiana team. They're um, lucky they won last week against NC State. absolutely true. This is just a spot play for me. Do you have any thoughts here in regards to this game? No, I'm not doing anything here. Plus, Notre Dame, uh, they played Ohio State. They played the Duke game last week. They have Louisville this week. And then they play and next week at home against USC. Yep. Uh, I think I think Louisville sucks, quite frankly. So They're like one of the worst five and O team in the century. Uh, so you know, I would love to take take Notre Dame, but this is just such a terrible scheduling spot. Yeah. They did. 
I think they're going to get their two stud wide receivers back who didn't even I play last week well. in that Duke game. Yep. So that's a that's a good thing. So yeah, yeah, I'd like to play Notre Dame, but I, you know, there's no way I'm on Louisville here. Not even th- a thought. I'd like to go against them. Uh, I hope I kind of hope they stay close in this game because I don't even know who they play next week. But at some point, I want to pounce against somebody yeah, that's decent playing that. Louisville, and then yeah. I think we'll all be we'll all be happy. And the last game, um, speaking of undefeated teams that I'm not sure about, Missouri. Um, yeah. They play LSU, who can't stop a nosebleed. Um, and Missouri has one of the best wide receivers in the country that people haven't probably heard, Luther Burton, who's been yeah, he, he's tremendous this year. Yep. Um, do you see a high-scoring game? And can Missouri pull off the uh, the upset? I have no idea. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't think I don't know how good they are, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I got are they ranked higher? I don't they're, know. They're ranked, they right? I think they're both. They're actually they're both ranked because I include them in my top twenty-five okay. rankings games. Um, yeah, LSU shouldn't be ranked, quite frankly. They totally. gave up seven hundred plus yards and fifty-five points last week. I was really wrong about that game, and you know, I even talked about how bad the USU LSU defense is last week, and then I took them anyway, which is you know shame on me. I have no idea. Uh, this is a game where I don't say this too often in college. Uh, no score really surprised me in this game. Fair. Fair. You know, so yeah. I got no no wagering interest. LSU's mental state, considering their season's essentially over, um, yeah, and how they react to that. And boy, oh boy, that may you be know the their season. Their season may not be over though, because the SEC West is yeah, a, kind of a think. mess. Yeah. So um, maybe the most disappointing unit in all of, of college football uh, is the LSU defense. Because Aiden Daniels is playing some unbelievable football. It's a shame to see him not being rewarded by his team. I agree with that. But also, I might give, you know, I said this last week, I think I maybe give LSU a little bit of a flyer on defense because their free safety, unfortunately, has brain cancer. And he's been yeah. away from the team for like a month and a half now. Yes, horrific story. Certainly wishing all the best for him. Enjoy the weekend, Bob. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate it. We'll get much more college and pro football handicapping and information during the Extra Point hosted by Kayla in the next two hours. All right, next segment, we'll wrap up today's Sports Zone with the National Roundup. I'll include a little bit uh, from last night's Bears victory. We previewed that game yesterday and uh, – should have listened to my guest yesterday on uh, during this uh, Sports Zone hour because he thought that uh, the Bears at least hang close in that game. They more they didn't just hang close; they were clearly the better team last night. The uh, Commanders' effort early in that game was non-existent, and uh, you know the old Mike Tyson get punched in the mouth type of thing. Well, the Bears were the better team, even though. Just Fields, two of those long touchdown passes uh, to DJ Moore. Those could have easily, two of them could have easily been pick sixes and gone the other way. But uh, you know, the, the cornerback, two different guys didn't make the play and they turned out to be Bears touchdowns. Hey, Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's National Roundup. 
Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060, Cast Lux HD 2 100.7. And uh, we conclude the Sports Zone with the National Roundup, as you heard uh, the jingle there in whatever this is called. And uh, I just lost my place, and I'm trying to kill time before I get my place back. All right, we're back. All right. Uh, the Bears' losing streak ended last night. It was the Justin Fields to DJ Moore show. Eight connections, completions, for 230 yards and three touchdowns. And the Bears ended their 14-game losing streak going back to October 24th of 2022. So it's almost a full calendar year since the Bears won a game. They won last night four, four touchdown passes for Fields again. That's his career high, and he's done it the last two weeks. This time they, they, they won the game, though. They were last week, they, he had the four touchdown passes, and he had a lost fumble for a touchdown and a brutal interception at the end of the game, and they blew the 21-point lead and lost to the previously winless Broncos. But neither team now, Broncos, they win. Bears win this week. Neither team winless anymore. Uh, Fields, 282 yards, also ran for 57 yards, including a big rush in the third down, which uh, third quarter, which, you know, the uh, commanders were making some headway there in that third quarter after the uh, incredible first half where they scored on every possession they had the ball. In fact, not only did they score in every possession they had the ball, I believe they had the ball in the red zone in every possession in the first half. Uh, but the, uh, in fact, in the first quarter, I said that the commanders didn't show up in the last segment I mentioned at the end of the last segment. Uh, the Bears' four longest plays of the season uh, all happened in the first quarter of this game. So, no, I'm sorry, three of the four, my bad, came in the first quarter of this game. So, meanwhile, Washington loses for a third consecutive time. Um, their tackling was atrocious. Their coverage was so bad that they took their one healthy starting cornerback out of the game and benched him. It was a mess. So, so much for that theory that I had early in the season. I think I don't think I was the only person that Washington might have a good defense. They were good last year. They pretty much have the same players this year. And uh, they have not been good except for the game against the Cardinals and maybe the game against the Cardinals. Uh, the Bears might win a game next week, too. They host the Minnesota Vikings. All right, quickly, a couple things. Uh, Chase Claypool, speaking of the Bears, was actually traded this morning uh, to the Dolphins, I think, for a seventh-round pick. I saw a couple different things on that, but I think it was a seventh-round pick. Also, college football, San Diego State coach Brady Hoke is definitely on the hot seat, according to multiple media lists and reports. The uh, Major League Baseball world, Mets general manager Billy Epler out less than a week after Buck Showalter. I think they fired Buck Showalter. I don't know if they officially said fired or he was just leaving. Uh, Epler, uh, I think he saw the writing on the wall with David Stearns, the Brewers executive now uh, a member of the Mets organization. Also, there was a late Thursday report that Epler and the Mets are being investigated for improper use of the injured list. I'm not really sure what that is, but that's what it said. So I'm going with that. Meanwhile, from the NBA, the Sixers uh, reportedly uh, offering, uh, actually seeking, my bad, seeking two first-round picks and Terrence Mann from the Clippers for James Harden. Uh, makes me wonder if the Sixers really want to trade Harden. Yeah, I think that they do. Certainly Daryl Morey 
would like to trade him, yeah, I would think, after Harden trashed him in the offseason. But that kind of you're never that's I understand when you have trade talks, you start high and see what you can get from somebody like the Clippers in this case. But there's no chance in hell that the Clippers would ever do that. Uh, as much even if they like Harden, they wouldn't do that trade. So we'll see what happens with that. Harden did show up in Colorado Springs for training camp. Um, don't follow the NBA very closely, quite frankly, except for the Suns until the April playoffs start. Uh, I have no idea why the 76ers are training in Colorado Springs, but they are. All right, stay tuned in the next two hours. It's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla, including the Friday spread in our weekly uh, NFL prop bet segment uh, with Brian Blewis from Pro Football Network. Also, more phone call time. 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening and stay tuned. Two more hours of electric programming coming up.